Oh goody, you found me. This is Let's Get Passionate and we are just about to get started. Hey, welcome to Let's Get Passionate. I'm your host, Emily Martin. Today we're joined by Scott Walker and we are talking about stand-up comedy. How are you doing, Scott? Oh, I'm doing very, very well, Emily. I hope you're doing just as good. I am. Thank you so much. How's your day going so far? Uh, not too bad. Uh, it's, you know, we're about to get shut into another lockdown. So oh just trying to, uh, it's terrible. So just trying to like basically stay in a routine because mm-hmm. when things change, you got to keep your routine solid no matter what. And uh, yeah. so trying to write some jokes today, no matter what, uh, <laughs> that's the most important thing is uh, like any muscle and you have to write every day. So uh, I'm probably not, I, I wrote a little bit today, not a lot. And I'm going to have to come home after work and, and write a little bit more to balance it out. Yeah. And do jokes come easier now with COVID or are they harder to figure out? There's no lack of free time. True. But that's what about the, inspiration? So that's the worst part right now, uh, because it doesn't really matter how inspired you are. It's very hard to test out jokes right now True. on anybody. Yeah. There's, there's almost zero feedback. You have to do everything in the form of a tweet in the form of a Facebook post, yeah. uh, in the form of uh, a stand-up shot, which is basically like a meme for a comedian. Yeah. That's like the only way you can get good feedback unless you want to do zoom comedy shows. Yeah. And then you're very limited to who's in the zoom call, how good your internet is. And I, it's not really the same. Yeah. I was going to say the likes are not the same as the applause <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or the laugh. Definitely. Rather. Yeah. So tell me, have you ever been on a podcast before? Uh, I have. I used to be on uh, uh, the odd comedy podcast here or there. My buddy uh, Dmitry Gorienko had a podcast. I'm blanking on the title right now. I was on one episode of that. Uh, and I used to co-host a podcast uh, sponsored by uh, Barry Uncovered called Cinema Smackdown. I did that with Frazier Moore uh, for a while uh, until I just kind of lost the lost the will to watch bad movie after bad movie after bad movie. It was hard getting excited for that podcast because you had to endure sometimes a two hour long, terrible movie like uh, MVP, Most Valuable Primate, a movie where a monkey plays hockey. That's funny. You have a bit more experience than I do with this. So you'll help guide us through this conversation. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's not that difficult to, to, to just, just talk about stand-up comedy for me. I could talk about that for hours. So True. So tell me about how your passion began. When you're young and if you're, it doesn't really matter what you believe, if somebody kept telling you like, you're beautiful, like you're just, you're so beautiful, you're stunning. And if you heard that from, you know, your mom, if you heard that from your dad, if you heard that from your friends and your family, like eventually it wouldn't really matter what you think. You'd be like, I guess I'm just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always heard that. So I've o- always been told like, you're funny, you're funny. And I've always, I, I, I want, I, I make jokes until people tell me that I love hearing that. I, you can, you can say all day, every day that like stand up comedy isn't a selfish pursuit, but before I was getting laughs on stage or trying to get laughs on stage, I was always trying to make people laugh off stage. Yeah. And that's so cool. It's like, you're a yeah, self-fulfilling prophecy. And it's, and it's, and I'm, I'm really trying not to sound like an asshole, but it's <laughs> like, I, I had been told probably you should be a stand up comedian, probably a hundred times in my life by the time I had turned 20, That's let's so just cool. say, give or take. So, and like, I, it's, 
it's so lame. I, but I, I keep a lot of mementos and motivation to keep me going uh, yeah. for inspiration and stuff like that. And like one thing I have is this thing right here. This is, is from uh, sixth. This is from sixth grade. So this was a project that my teacher, Miss Mifsud did. Uh, God bless that lady. She's a fantastic teacher. One of the best teachers I ever had. So these are actually comments that my grade school class made about me. What he would did, it was went, or go, went around with a piece of paper and basically said, like, what do you know about this student in your class? Yeah. Like write one good thing about them. Yeah. And if you add, if, so there's like 30 comments here. And if yeah. you add all of them up, out of 30 kids, there's like 12 comments that all pertain to me being fun, particularly funny. Yeah. Like always funny. That's Tells so, lots of jokes. That's Is so a cool. joke teller and always makes me laugh. Aww. So like, it's the lamest thing ever, but like, it's, it's the lamest thing ever, but like kids understand who they are, I think by the time they're 12. Mm -hmm. And that was when I was 12, it was 2001, 2002. Mm -hmm. And if enough kids told me that I was funny, like, and it's, it's hard for kids laugh too. I, th I think like kids are more open to being funny because they're, they're more silly, but mm -hmm. like kids, nothing will make you more humble than a 13 year old being like, that's not funny. Yeah. Who do you think you are? True. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Oh my gosh. That's funny. My kids think I'm funny. So yeah. And I think that I'm like really good at just being like such a ridiculous goof that like, you can't not laugh about it. Like there's just not an option not to laugh because mm -hmm. I'm just being so obnoxious. And like during my childhood too, like I was told all the time that I was so funny and that I should do stand up. like probably in the last like five years, people have been saying that to me. And then like everything shut down and I was like, what can I do? That's going to be like creative and fun. And I can like show my personality and hence a new podcast. Like that's, I'm kind of hoping to like show people who I am this way first. Exactly. And it's, I mean, if you are a comedian in this day and age, you're on podcasts all the time. That's how yeah. you advertise shows. That's how people find out that you're funny. Like yeah. if it's not two bears, one cave with, you know, Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer, it's, oh my gosh, you yeah. know, the Bill Burt podcast. It's the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. It's uh, the fighter and the kid or whatever. So uh, cool. It's canceled now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nigel has been really into podcasts lately too, which is really cool. Cause he was someone who would like never pick up a book and read a book, but like you learn so much from podcasts. Right. So he's just like constantly being fueled by like Neil deGrasse Tyson. He like listens to everything that guy talks about, or like Joe Rogan has so many cool guests. You're just nonstop invigorated with thoughts of like things you've never considered before. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it's always underlined with we also might not even know what we're talking about here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I love that. Yeah. <laughs> unless, unless you have like a bona fide expert, like when they do have yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson on there. Yeah. Then he's like, uh, anything you say goes. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I know that you've been on stage many times as a musician, but when did you grace the stage as a stand-up comedian for the first time? So I always had a very, very good relationship with a fellow in town uh, named Shane Heath, uh, mm -hmm. who owned the Fox. Uh, the Fox had a very tumultuous career because uh, mm -hmm. punk rock's really punk rock is really punk rock because uh, sometimes people don't want to see it succeed. And it was really hard in Barry uh, for punk rock to su succeed at times because you had the mansion. One time you had so many nightclubs in Barry that it was we had the foundation. We had the Fox. We had the rocks. We had all these places for bands to play. And all of a sudden overnight, like it was like we only had the Fox. And so the Fox has always been uh, a real club to play punk rock music. And uh, my band's always played there. So 
when the Fox moved to its final location uh, before it shut down on Dunlop Street, mm-hmm. about a couple of years into it, they realized like, hey, we should do like an open mic and we should have stand-up comedy on, uh, on Tuesdays. So uh, a lovely gentleman by the name of Peter Smith, uh, who's one of my favorite comedians from Barry, actually started Laffy Taffy Comedy at, at Tuesdays at the Fox. That's fun. And I, I had heard about it about five, six months after it had started. And I feel bad because I didn't go out to a show Mm. I didn't read. The, I didn't read the room at all. I just basically asked a friend of a friend, like, "Hey, can I just get on stage?" And because I was known for being funny, they just kind of gave me the slot. And it was really nice of them because I, I'm really you should do open mics. You should test what jokes work. Yeah. Um, but really, I had all these since I was 21 or 22. I had started assembling, uh, writing jokes just mm-hmm. down. I had no plans on getting on stage. Because at that point in time in Barry, you had to almost do like an open mic audition for mm. people at Yuck Yucks. Oh, and yeah. I wasn't about to do that. I was yeah. way too nervous. So yeah. when they literally handed me a show opportunity, I was like, oh, okay, no problem. So I was much more diligent back then with joke writing. I wrote all my jokes out word for word. I practiced them word for word. And it went surprisingly well. I, I people announced that this was his uh, after I got off stage, the guy said this was his first time like uh, uh, and people were genuinely surprised that it was my first time. So, you know, that's always nice to hear. Yeah, was uh, it looked like you knew what you were doing. And so that was like on the spot that day you signed up and just did it in one day. No, I probably had two weeks notice. Oh, in, fact, okay. in fact, I might have. Yeah. In fact, I might have bailed on a show to get more time to prepare just oh, because, okay. yeah, I might have psyched myself out too much uh the first time getting on yeah. stage because it is it is nervous uh it's it's it is nervous it's very nerve-wracking <laughs> nervous. getting on stage i is nervous um <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing more confronting as a comedian than the question am i funny oh yeah because sometimes sometimes you'll have a great night you'll think the set was perfect uh everything was working great and then you'll go someplace else next week and you'll think to yourself i did the exact same set what the hell happened? Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. sometimes, you know, there could have been just bad energy in the room. There could, it could have been a, a comedian before you said True. too many vulgar jokes, <laughs> about, you know, sex. And then you go up there and you're like, Hey, maybe my balls. And then somebody, they just, that, you, you have to read the room as much as it is your own material. Honestly, sometimes you can blame the audience and yeah. be like, Hey man, like they were heckling everybody that night. I don't know what happened. They were just not in the mood to laugh, but Mm -hmm. sometimes you do have to really take a hard look at yourself and go like, no, it was me. I was fumbling words. I wasn't passionate about what I was talking about. I was telling my set. I wasn't doing my set. Mm, Yes. You know what I mean? I hope I know what you mean. I think I know what you mean. (laughs) It's like, it's like anything like you can, you you can play, you can play a song and you can get through it or you can get into the group yeah, you can yeah. look like you're having a fun time chris rock said it perfectly in his last special tambourine mm-hmm. he's like almost anybody can play the tambourine but like you got to look like you enjoy playing the tambourine <laughs> he's like he says nobody wants to see this and then he makes a real sour face and he's like banging it against his chest yeah <laughs> yeah he's like you gotta pull, you gotta live it yeah that's so true what i'm doing is important exactly no so, matter if it's the triangle or whatever yeah have you ever had a night that was a flop Oh, lots, 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 lots. It's, it really is dependent on a formula of how risky you want to be. Okay. And the problem with my early years was, oh, I have an idea. 
I'm going to take the idea on stage and I'm going to try to let it evolve on stage. Mm. No, Scott. <laughs> no, no, you're That's not. That's no, 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 no. You can, you can do that when you're, when you're six years in, when you're seven years in. And at mm. the time I was like two years in yeah. and trying to, ho- trying to host mostly on ideas. And the problem yeah. is, is like Muhammad Ali said it perfectly. He said the, the fight isn't won under the lights that night. It's won the months and months and months mm-hmm. before when you're training, because that's when you prepare. Yeah. Being a comedian with only ideas going on stage is like b- going to a fight with a gun with like no bullets and you think the chamber's full and then you start pulling the trigger and no bang, there's no sound coming out. And that's what you want is a reaction, a sound. And and the problem is too, let's say you have a set that you know 100% works, you can start with something strong and end with something strong. That's just Mm -hmm. a rule. You need to always do that. But you can dabble in the middle and you can do a little crowd work in the middle. Yeah. But if it starts to nosedive, you have to know that you have to take off you have to go back on autopilot and then say, no, I got to go back to what works. And, and the problem was yeah. I was too comfortable with not caring if I uh, made an audience laugh early yeah. on in the beginning. Yeah. Cause I knew I'm funny yeah. and you can't rely yeah. that on as a crutch and I'm, I'm rambling, but basically that's at the fine. end of the day, if you, if you say like, I'm a comedian, I'm a comedian, that's kind of what it's like, it's like, I can't remember where I read it, but believing you're a comedian is what makes you weak. Mm. Like you have to, you have to earn it. Yeah. Like, and that's what I'm doing a lot better now is focusing a lot more on writing and making every word count, making mm-hmm. every line count, um, trying to tag every joke. So like, uh, to explain to some audience members, if you have a punchline, that should be the funniest part of your joke. Yeah. But then to just leave it, to just leave it. You almost want to pepper in a last little line and that's a tag. And sometimes tags can lead to other punchlines. Um, and then what you ultimately want to do, if you can, is let a joke simmer for a minute or two and then have what you call a callback. And if yeah. you can reference a previous joke, that's like the ultimate high. And that's like, <laughs> I mean, d- what Dave Chappelle does best is he can do a callback that's like over 10 minutes long. Yeah, he really can. So going back to the nights that weren't so great for you, how did you shake that feeling like initially when maybe you hadn't experienced it before? Like, how did you shake that uncomfortability that it left you with? Comedians should be recording their sets. That's just a great way to to analyze like, well, how was my cadence? Was I rushing jokes? Um, How was my overall attitude? And you can really Mm -hmm. hear where the laugh should be and shouldn't be. Yeah. So you all you have to do is listen back to a bad set and, and, and take your ego out of it because sometimes you're like, what was wrong with them? What was wrong Mm -hmm. with them? But you know, there have been times where like I've been heckled and I've handled it well. And the crowd goes, yeah, we're on Scott's side. And you shut the person down. And then the person says, you know what? I shouldn't have heckled. Let's go on with the show. Oh, good. If you're going to (laughs) heckle and and you're going to deal with a heckler, you got to pepper them. You can't mace them. Mm. Like there's nothing worse than you going, Hey man, STFU, what what are you doing? You're ruining yeah. the, go- the goddamn yeah. show. Yeah. And then people and start looking at you it. like you're the bad guy. Yeah. yeah. People look at you like you're the bad guy. So you kind of have to like take it with Play grace. It. And yeah. like again, when you have a bad show, you listen back to it and think, you know what? I was being a little too aggressive, or you know, I wasn't being aggressive enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, it's on you to always record your sets because then you can as a third as you well, not really a third party, but you can try to be as third party objective as possible yeah. after the fact. Yeah. And I've got recordings of Seth 
texts that I want to delete so badly because <laughs> they make me so upset, but I got to keep them. I got to keep them. Yeah. And is that you putting like your phone in your pocket and having voice notes rolling or how are you recording them? Typically, yeah. Voice notes in your phone mm-hmm. uh, is the best way to do it because it also keeps track. Sometimes it keeps track of the location too. Oh yeah. And that way, you know exactly where you were or what club. So that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. You've talked about a few things that you've taken away from those nights and um, the reflection on your own material is obviously important, but what do you feel like you learned about like how to be funny from hearing yourself fail? It's a combination of things. I need to be, I need to have enough prepared material that I can lean back on specific words that I've Mm -hmm. used, but I need to be free enough on stage that I sound comfortable because it happens to some people that you see that are like really, really professional. But sometimes if it's too well rehearsed, you think to yourself, like, this is a guy telling jokes on stage. And what I really, really want ultimately is for someone to think like a lot of people think comedians just make it up off the top of their head. Oh, yeah. And it's because they're that good. Okay. You know, a lot of people think I can just go on stage and be funny because the same way that people think they can walk into an MMA ring and kick ass. Oh, my God. You know? The same way that the, you're about the to same get killed. Exactly. You're going to walk. And that's why they call good comedians killers, because if you walk, try to walk on stage with killers, uh, you're going to look like a fool. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the same people that heckle at an Applebee's going, you should have put them in a guillotine. That's the same person that heckles somebody on stage like a professional and they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, that's so um, funny. What a good example. But no. But yeah, no, it's, and it's the same, because you know what it is? I used to do jujitsu when I was younger and I would hear all the time, I can kick your ass. And then you start doing comedy and then you hear I'm funnier than you. And it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to fight you, man. Like, I don't want to make fun of you right now. Yeah. But I have so many written down at home. I know that's the funny (laughs) thing is, especially when you start doing roast battles and you start really like, I never, I personally never did roast battles specifically because I'm somebody that. I, when you first start writing jokes, one, a lot of the popular ones are, I look like this crossed with this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or I look like the son of so-and-so. I'm really uh, good at you those poke fun. Yeah, like you got to poke maybe fun Maybe low yourself. blows, but... <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you got to poke fun at yourself, right? And that's why a lot of comedians um, have a whole career out of just making fun of themselves. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at, at you, sabotage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Self-sabotage, I think, can only get you so far. And then you're just kind of like, this person's sad. Like Mm -hmm. also like feel good about yourself though. (laughs) So like with roast jokes, I've never wanted somebody to look right at me and really pick me apart. You're like, I know what I look like. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is funny because I'm losing my hair going into 30. I've been losing my hair since I was about 26. It's just getting thinner and thinner. Um, And I'm fine with it. I don't really care because it's at the end of the day, it's ultimately the funniest thing that could be happening. Like, I'm not going to grow more. I'm not going to grow more hair as I get yeah, older. That would I be know. the thing that would never happen. Yeah. It's just funnier if I'm losing my hair. That's actually uh, so many because so, one of my questions was going to be, do you think you've gotten funnier since you've been losing your hair? Oh, that was going to be one of your questions? Yes, it was. Oh, my God. I it's, roasted It's so funny you. because <laughs> I, I've not, I have like two or three minutes on how I'm losing my hair. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it, it's one more thing to write about. Yeah. It's like, I never thought I would suddenly get into hats at 30. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, That's when somebody funny, yeah. gets really into hats, if somebody doesn't just, just get into hats, it's, it's so true. <laughs> you have to cover shit up. <laughs> yeah, you know? so funny. And it's sometimes so and, funny, uh, like people who you see in hats all the time, like you don't even know are like losing their hair. And then you see them without their hat and you're like, whoa, what? Like you didn't tell me mm-hmm. you were hiding things. 
Yeah. And it's funny because it's like, you know me from high school. I used to have like shoulder length hair. It's, you uh, did. You had like flippy hair. Yeah. <laughs> flippy hair. People always said I had Justin Bieber hair, but I always likened it what? to Kitty from that 70s show. Yeah, that was that's more accurate for sure. Justin Bieber hair. No, like, no, because his like clings to the side of his face like a beetle would. Yeah. Yeah. Not for me, bro. That's yeah. like helmet head. And again, that's being very self-aware of like what I look like. You yeah. know, if I'm if I'm yeah. going to make fun of myself, I know exactly what I look like. So yeah. the joke now has been since I'm losing my hair is I've joined the shaved head club. Oh, yeah. But then the joke there is but not like the dudes that exclusively shave their heads for the reasons of being racist. So uh, the joke, the joke is, is like, Oh, Scott, you joined the show shaved head club. And it's like, yeah, but I don't have an armband. Like I don't, we don't get together yeah. in meetings. Yeah. Like calm down. Oh my gosh. Did you like come to terms with the fact that you're losing your hair? That's oh, I never, I never like am in the shower, like pulling chunks of it out. It's just like, I just notice like uh, the way I kind of uh, part my hair was getting thinner. And I was like, oh, it's getting dicey. You're like, no. So just, yeah. And now, so now I just shave my head. And uh, I've, I've honestly thought about going down like the whole Rogaine uh, route. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's That's one of those of things where it's like, it is a lot of work. And I'm a very lazy man, Emily. At least, tell. at least, well, no, that's not true. I'm very uh, active at what, what I'm passionate about. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know how passionate I am about a lost cause Having because I think head. I might be a lost cause. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it's just back to the old, it's just back to the old premature days. Yeah. With the soft head. Yeah. <laughs> you could, uh, you could just wear hats, man. Like it's just as easy as that. Well, you know what? I've got a girlfriend right now that doesn't really care if I have hair. So that's yeah. lovely too. Yeah. That does help. <laughs> Where do you get your inspiration from when you're writing? Um, yeah, that's the thing. Inspiration comes from like a lot of different places. Like sometimes mm-hmm. you'll have just like a deep seated thing that you're like, I've always wanted to talk about this on stage. Yeah. I need to talk about it on stage. It kind of writes itself because yeah. there's nothing better than like something that like personally has happened to you that like nobody else can really say like, there's nothing worse than somebody being able to steal your act because there's nothing about your act that is personal enough just to you. I know a a really, really good comedian from Toronto named Marek, sorry, Mark Karakianatis. He's Greek and his father died and he has a great five minute bit about his dead dad. Nobody can really steal that from him because it pertains so much to to, to really personal details about his life. And there's nothing, um, I'm not saying there's nothing worse, but like if, if somebody can lift your act because it's not personal enough. You mm-hmm. need to work on it because people want to know who you are. Yeah, totally. Some people just want straight jokes, but people want to eventually know who you are. Yeah, there needs to be like some tie to like why it'd be funny, right? Mm-hmm. I've, I've heard people complain that about Mark Norman, uh, that Mark Norman is just jokes. He's just mm-hmm. punchlines. But and he needs to talk more about who he is on stage. And hmm. personally, I, I don't think that I love Mark Norman. I can I can yeah. just hear just jokes all day. Um, because who's to say that's not who he is? Who's to say yeah, that's, that's not true. who he just, that's, that's who he wants to present to the audience. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. Um, but like an inspiration, sometimes you'll be listening to stand up and you'll think, oh my God, like, why didn't he do this? Or why didn't he go mm. down this Avenue? Yeah. And then, but then you, again, you got to think of to yourself, well, how can I make my joke different enough? Because like, that's one yeah. thing that I really struggle with is I want to make sure that like, nobody's talked about what I'm about to talk about in the way I want to talk about. Yeah. It. Yeah, totally. Different comedians inspire me for like different reasons. So like yeah. Gary Gullman has the ability to attack a bit. Like 
he has a bit about abbreviating the states like why a z for arizona <laughs> you know why a b why sorry why a l for alaska yeah when there's also arkansas and there's um alabama and mm-hmm. there's like you know what i mean yeah. and so he attacked and that's that's like a six minute bit also has like a 12 minute bit on bill gates and donald trump so he can attack a bit from any angle um john mulaney is somebody that has the best rhythm with Mm. his voice yeah it's just it's like it's like jazz but that that, that, yeah like john mulaney is just insane for that yeah that was a good scat (laughs) (laughs) and so does substance use help or impede your writing I would say it's always best to, at least for myself, it's best to write mostly sober, sober yeah. as possible. Yeah. And then you can always edit stoned. Yeah. Because that's when you have to make sure that the idea comes out clear and concise True. and understandable to the audience. Yep. Like yeah. a good, a good Chris Rock bit will be underlined a bunch of times. Like this is oh, why yeah, yeah. this is the only time white people can say the N word. And then he'll say that like seven times through yeah, the whole yeah. Cause he doesn't want you to forget that that's what he's talking about. Cause if the yeah. bits five minutes are long, he could possibly lose you, but he never loses you. Mm-hmm. So I always tend to look at what I wrote and think, well, how could I punch it up? How could I punch it up? Like, how can I make it silly? Like this isn't zany enough, da, 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 da. but yeah. always for me, at least that's what I found in the past since quarantine started always edit a little, a little stone. <laughs> I don't, and- I don't really drink. That's the thing. I only drink sometimes when I perform. So. Oh Yeah. Well, that's good. I was going to say, like, if anything, I think alcohol would not be the one that would in, like inspire you to write in a way. But um, I do appreciate what you're saying about how you need to like make sure your joke's funny to sober people. And when you're sober, then just like writing this joke that you think is hysterical while you're high. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I don't think that you can write down a joke sober and be like, oh, that won't work or something. And then you get high and suddenly it's funny. Like that's yeah. it's not going to yeah. happen. Yeah, that's true. You just wish that it would happen. (laughs) Exactly. So tell me a joke that's always a hit. I have a joke that um, happened because of a Tinder exchange. Okay. Uh, It always it always works because it's a classic uh, setup punchline. It's a classic interaction that anybody can use, which is also part of the reason why I should probably punch it up and make it better. But basically, I was talking to a redhead the other day. Uh, She said to me. Uh, we were exchanging uh, words and I decided to use the classic uh, line. Does the carpet match the drapes? And she was deeply offended. And she, she looked right at me and she said, that's so offensive. Like what what if I said the exact same thing to you, what would you say? And I said, well, ma'am, I would apologize and say, I've got blinds and hardwood. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I think like, and that's go ahead. Sorry. go. I was just going to say inappropriate jokes. Like I think are, usually a hit as long as they're not like too vulgar about it you know what I mean like sometimes when it's like so raunchy I'm like oh boy like that is not that is not a healthy joke but like that just like politely touches on it (laughs) exactly and uh, what I always want at the end of the night is the same thing that I wanted when I was in a band I want somebody singing along by the second or third Mm. chorus yeah I want somebody saying to their friend remember that bit about socks, you know, that Scott told, and then they tried their best to remember. Like there's nothing, (laughs) it it sucks when somebody's trying to remember your joke and they like forget the best part. But if somebody can be like, I love your bit about so-and-so. And and then they try to like tell you back the joke that you have told 500 times or they tell their friends. That's always, oh, that always feels really good. 
That's so funny. Okay. So let's get to this funny thing I said to you in high school that you don't remember, but maybe you will when I say it. Okay. So this was like the first like big era of like kids having cell phones, right? Like we were like, we were a part of the first generation kids in high school having cell phones. So it was like my flip phone. Like I had like a Nokia silver flip T9 only phone. Mm-hmm. It was like little. And so oh, if you remember, <laughs> I do too sometimes. So if you remember like where our business class was, it was like near the fishbowl. It was called, right. It was like surrounded by concrete. It was like the middle of the school. It wasn't like near any windows. It was just like in the middle. So it didn't Mm -hmm. have very much cell service. So I had my phone on the table and we were just like talking. We were kind of near the door. So like had my phone out, like on the left side of the desk, hoping that just like Wi-Fi or whatever was just going to come shooting through the door, I guess. And so I was like, man, I'm not getting any service or whatever. I looked at you. I was like, man, this sucks. Like I'm not getting any service. And you're like, oh no. And then I was like, but there's always service in my pants. And I put my phone in my pocket. And I thought like, because I guess like when I take my phone out of my pocket, sometimes I've like missed texts or whatever. I just like, like I meant like there was cell service in my pocket, but then you were like, what are you talking about? You hooker. Like it was so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Oh, it was so oh funny. It was God. so innocent. And, I, and then like when you laughed about it, I was like, oh, like, oh, I didn't mean that rude joke. But OK, that that works, too. I love double entendres. I love puns. Uh, I'm a sucker for puns. Uh, oh, yeah. A lot of people don't want to hear puns at a show. Uh, no? Some people. It all depends if you can just like throw it in. But like I wouldn't build a show on puns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, word, <laughs> that would word, be too word, annoying. Yeah, like wordplay is fun. But like you need to it needs to be very very good like there's a reason why there's only a couple of those one-liner comedians like there's a reason why dimitri martin is like the one-liner comedian right now and he's like he's on another level like and i'm trying to think of other one like like it goes mitch hedberg is probably the greatest of all time esoteric one-liner comedian Hmm. Uh, dimitri martin is trying his best and his last special overthinker was really good i didn't like it, it's called the overthinker because every now and then it will have audio of him talking over oh, the special yeah. about how it's going. <laughs> yeah. And like, as somebody with anxiety, like I understand how that would come off as a really good idea. Yeah. But sometimes during the special, it distracts. Yeah. Yeah. At least for me. That's funny. Yeah. I haven't like seen half the stuff you're talking about. So I'm just going to have to go back and listen to this <laughs> and write it all out. And hopefully people can just like pause and remind like, oh, well, what's that that he said? Because there's a lot of stuff I need to watch apparently. So that's my number one problem too is I, I reference drop a lot I quote a lot I need to be better at uh, quoting myself mm. well I mean my own ideas but that's that, that's the problem I always it. think yeah that's the problem is I always inspire myself with quotes from some other people and then I have to regurgitate them because I'm a fucking parrot <laughs> I do appreciate that though and like there's nothing wrong with spitting facts so mm-hmm. I'm like I'm I non-stop notice that's what she said jokes like they just fall on my lap all the time (laughs) that's what she said (laughs) and and it's just hard not to and I think that that's kind of annoying to everyone that I'm always saying it they're like come on like but half the time they never notice it on their own and I'm like come on it's right in front of your face (laughs) do you have it do you have any projects that you're currently working on that's the thing everything's kind of like put in halt and people are really on their own if they want to do any comedic projects like I, I really want to do skits and stuff like that but I'm, I'm working full time and also I'm growing uh, plants at home so that's like my number one project right now that I'm doing I'm growing some pink lemonade uh, oh and you're it, talking about marijuana right I am talking about marijuana. okay Mary uh, Jane <laughs> Ooh. 
Uh, <laughs> and that's, that's honestly like my number one passion right now. I'm trying to get comedy back in there. And it's, it's because the problem is, is because I've learned, I learned so much about comedy when I first started and I was really inspired. And now comedy's it's so hard to be inspired to write jokes. You really have to do it, flex it like a muscle every yeah. day and do it. Um, but the problem is, is my plants need more attention than my comedy does right now. That's so funny. And I'm, tr I'm training them right now. I'm doing LST, which is low stress therapy. It's uh, when you literally bend the plant horizontally as, as much as you can horizontally so that it kind of peaks up toward the light oh. and all this stuff that all this plant growth that would be otherwise not getting enough light can now get enough light now that mm. it's bent. Mm. And then it reaches back up to the light. You redirect it. It reaches back up to the light. You redirect it. So it's constant, constant attention. That is and, so funny. Uh, and if, if I had shows right now, I'd be, I'd be writing a lot more than I am. Um, I try to get at least like three or four hours of writing in a week okay. minimum. That's um, good. But also try to also, but also try to make those hours really count. And if I'm not writing something new, at least I'm re-editing something old mm -hmm. or, or trying to fit it, trying to re-tag it, something, trying to, yeah. if you can add something into a joke and make an old joke kind of come alive again and kind of give it more of a heartbeat, you can bring something back that was really old. And at least people go like, oh, I haven't heard that part before. That was new. I really like that. Mm -hmm. That's fun. Or like, also it's fun to hear like a familiar joke. Cause you're like, oh yeah, I know this one. Mm -hmm. but, oh, sorry. But I should, I should mention though, that somebody did buy the Queens hotel. Okay. So when the Queens Recently? opens back up, I believe, yes, like in the past oh. six months. Okay. So I do believe that when that reopens, somebody said that they were talking about having open mics at the Queens and shows at the Queens when that oh, would be fun. possible. And that, and that'd be lovely because the Queens is a big open venue. Yeah. Um, it's gotta be good for something. The Queen, I haven't been to the Queens in forever except to pick up some pizza. Yeah. Well, they've divided it. Right. So there's like a sports side and then there's like a dancing side. Mm -hmm. Like, so which side do you think would be the open mic? The sports side already kind of like got a stage and it's set up for bands sometimes. So like maybe that would be it. Yeah, that would probably be it. So, yeah. And that's what I'm looking forward to. But but basically just when things start opening back up again, mm -hmm. whatever is open and has a bar and is open <laughs> to the idea of a bunch of people coming in and talking You're just gonna about run the there. Genitals, like, yeah. Yeah, like the last time, the last place we had an open mic was at BB Fridays. And that was a fun place because it was like basically like 12 regulars coming in every week, just kind of peering over their <laughs> shoulder as a bunch of comedians would, would say vulgar, terrible things. <sighs> and uh, it's and sometimes it's really hard to get an open mic going because uh, people don't know what they're really signing up for. Mm. And there have been places where we've signed up for an open mic and 45 minutes into it, customers complain. They say, oh. you know what? We, we can't do this. Um, like wow. we had an open mic at Wiki. At, at, we had an open mic at Wiki's that lasted two, uh, two shows or one show. Wow. It was unfortunate. And oh my it, gosh. yeah. And it was, they didn't joke. know what they were signing up for. And well, and that and open mics are a place to test jokes. True. So that's where you find out what's going to fly and what's not going to fly. So sometimes True. when things crash and burn, True. it gets, yeah. You just need to have, you need to like give everybody those like score numbers. So like after your jokes, they can just like give you a six or like whatever number they think like, okay, that one worked. And you're like, okay. Or like, yeah, zero, but, get the fuck off the stage. Oh yes. Okay. <laughs> and it's important. It's just important to pay attention to the scorecards. Cause sometimes there's nothing worse than on American Idol when the person's like crying and they're like, they don't know what they're talking about. I'm going to be famous and I'm going to be on TV one day. And, and it's like, well, you're already on TV and you're on TV and it's not looking so good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guess what? <laughs> Reality check. So who are your typical test subjects? Like, who do you go to to, like, stumble over a joke or, like, say it out loud for the first few times? 
So the easiest uh, way to tell if a joke is going to work really is to kind of pepper it into a conversation. Like a lot of jokes should be conversational. Totally. A lot of jokes, a lot of jokes should, and you want a joke to sound as fluid as possible and nothing sounds more fluid than an off the top of your head conversation. I'm just like, you know what I thought the other day? Like, it's ridiculous that so-and-so, so-and-so blank, blank, blank. And uh, so like a lot of the jokes that I've been working on right now are about how I work in a dispensary. It's one of the only places where somebody will walk up to you routinely and say, what's the most expensive thing I can get for the least amount of money? Yeah. Like you would never, you would never walk into a Ferrari dealership (laughs) with a bunch of crumpled up fives and go, is, is, is this enough? Yeah. And that's that's all I get. That's all I get all day, every day. And like, I've had people return half burnt joints what and been like what am i supposed to do with this what i know like it it just stopped burning and i'm like dude you can't even have that in here that's like bringing that's like bringing a half open bottle into the lc and also he was also so red-eyed like he was so (laughs) stoned and i'm like buddy i can't help you like i don't know what you want man i can't help you so the joke from that so the joke that i've kind of gotten from that is people always ask me what will get me to the moon for $30? And I, my re- reply is, you know how some countries haven't been to the moon? It's because they only had $30. Uh, yeah, that's so true. Like, oh my God. And it's not that you can't, and I, and I feel bad because it's not that you can't get good weed for $30. You really can't. Yeah, You're just yeah. not going to get the highest I was say, it's going to be this product. much then comparatively. Yeah, exactly. yeah. That's so funny. Because I actually, that's, 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 it's honestly my favorite job ever is talking to people about weed. It's, it's problem solving. And they're usually people are like, what'll make me laugh? Like what's weed that'll make me giggle? Yeah. What's weed that'll make me eat? Which mm-hmm. is really specific. I can't really tell you what'll make you laugh. Um, yeah. But at the same time, it's just, it's just fun. I like talking about weed all day. So it's a really Maybe. good job. And also uh, when you work with comedy, you should be working a job that's just good enough to make you enough money that you can eat, but not difficult enough that it will distract your mind from yeah. thinking about funny things. And like, what a good place to test out your jokes too. Like if you could bring it up in conversation with people that you already know are like looking for a good time exactly like nobody's gonna bat an eye at my job if i talk about a time that i was high yeah it's yeah. perfect or like I can, what I are the stupid say, thing like, i did yeah. the other day and they'll be like yeah i do mm-hmm. like a joke that i've tested out at the um dispensary a bunch of times is like this weed got me so high i burned a pizza at my house instead of pulling up the timer on my phone and hitting 10 i just typed 10 into the calculator <laughs> and i let and i let the, and i let the pizza burn <laughs> That's funny. So that's a, and that's a, that's a true story. It yeah. only happened once, but that's I, if so you joke good. that it, it that it happens every time. Yeah. yeah, that's so good. I like that. Well, I hope that things open up and I can come see you in an open mic night. Yeah, like the last time was when it was right before things. They were still kind of open. People were wearing masks, and it was limited audiences. Mm. But my buddy Will Will Nash actually organized a show at Last Level Lounge. Oh yeah, the uh, the video game bar downtown. So yeah. hopefully, maybe we can get another show going there when uh, spring happens. That'd be perfect. But if you just check my Instagram or my Facebook, like as soon as I have a show, I'll announce it because mm-hmm. I'm 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 so itchy. you're rearing. To yeah, no, it's not good. It's. Yeah. It's like a dog that's been left yeah. at home for too long. Like, I'm just yeah. like, I get to tell jokes. I get to tell jokes. I get to tell yeah. jokes. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. That's like what I was picturing too is like the Pavlov dog, like salivating at like the thought of being able to go back up on stage. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, because it really, it really is um, a Pavlovian response too, especially like when you, 
hear your name and you hear an audience. And mm-hmm. especially if you go up to the same song, if you're one person that always go, oh. goes up to, to X, go and give it to you. If that's your <laughs> song, uh, that's, yeah. that's just, uh, and I found uh, a couple songs that I like that kind of amp you up and that's yeah. what you kind of want. You want tell to tell me what in, they are. Tell me what they are. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, so there's like an instrumental song, um, by RJD2 called Ghost Rider. Okay. That's just, that's just like a smooth hip hop kind of beat that has yeah. like a trumpet part in it that I really like. Okay. And, um, uh, if you've ever seen Pulp Fiction. I have, yeah. The, the, the song that happens the whole time. Yeah. Uh, the, the final scene with, uh, Killing Zed happens. Okay. The, uh, it's yeah. called, it's called Bring, it's called Bring Out the Gimp. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's it's got aggressive trumpets in it. I don't know yeah. what it is about trumpets. They just get me excited to do comedy. Yeah. But yeah, real no, I, I went up to yeah, real music. I'm just kidding. I went up to that song <laughs> two or th- I went up to that song two or three times in last last summer. And I decided that's going to be like my new amp up song because people people are blindsided by it. They're like, isn't this a song from Pulp Fiction? Yeah, yeah, that's so good. And then your name that your stage name is like a throw to something completely else, which is funny. Yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to shake Scott Danger Walker. I don't know if I want that to be a moniker yeah. or not. Yeah. You'd have to think about like what it means every time, right? Like, how are you living up to that name or like presenting that name? Exactly. And then you have to think about like, if I, uh, if I ever got arrested for killing somebody, he would be <laughs> like, oh, he was dangerous. Like, <laughs> but then it would be good. Like, That'd be the whole point. Uh that's okay. I don't know. Maybe I'm, now I got to stop my uh, stand-up comedy career because it will make my murder career look less successful. Ugh, too bad. Maybe you could just take it off of Facebook. Then maybe people will be like, oh, well, it's not his name anymore. <laughs> yeah, I could just change it. to. I'm probably not going to put up my real middle name. Yeah, I guess we're not even allowed to know it probably, right? No, no, Ugh. it's a secret. Maybe for the next podcast. My middle name was on Facebook for so long that people like just knew it and referred to me that way all the time. And I was like, it's not my second first name. Like that's my middle name. I don't need you to be middle naming me in the middle of the day. Thank oh, you. true. Like Mary, a Mary Jane who just wants to be Mary. I know. Yeah. She's like, no, it's not that I would never <laughs> <laughs> tell me what your Instagram or Facebook name is so that people can follow along with you when things open back up. Uh, I got to make it less complicated because it's kind of annoying. Uh, it's Scott with two T's. And then there's a T and then EE and then Walker. So it's Scott T Walker. Yeah. So three T's. Yeah. I got to make it okay. two E's. I got to make it less complicated. I, okay. I, it used to be Scott Walker comedy. And then mm. I, I don't know why I changed it. I thought that it was less. I thought it was catchier. Mm. Yes. I know. I there's know. actually Taking been so many. Backwards. There's been so many names like that I had constructed for this podcast that I was like, okay, this sounds really good. But then having to type it in as a website, like how does that sound? Or like, does it make other words? Like when you put it together, like that's been a consideration. So I know what you mean. Well, that's, and that's another thing that pertains to comedy is word economy. Like you had two, three or four words to make this podcast pop to to know what it was about. And that's honestly like, if it's, it's like a rule of thumb, if you can make a joke shorter always make a joke shorter. Mm, yeah. And what do you think of the like title less of the words podcast? is just better. Oh, I love it. Let's okay, get good. passionate. That's great. Cause it yeah. covers a lot of bases. Like yeah. it's, it's not too specific to anything and yeah. it's like, it's exactly what it needs to be to convey what it is. Mm-hmm. And I haven't picked intro music yet. Um, at the point where we're recording this, which obviously when this is out, I'll have an intro music 
put into this audio. Oh. I've been thinking a lot about like, dun, 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 you know, like that, like <laughs> sexy kind of music. Cause it's called like, let's get passionate. And then like over those, over that, like instrumental sound though, I'll be like explaining like what the podcast actually is going to be about, about like, you know, interviewing people to find their passions or explore the, their passions and bring awareness to causes they want, like to have more sound or whatever. Like, and I think that'd be kind of funny, but like, I have no idea. So I'll have to play around with it. No, it's, that's the thing is you've already got enough ideas that you can pick from what you want. Yeah. Even though you say you don't know, I think you you do have enough ideas. Oh, I have a lot of ideas. That's all. That's all I have right now is ideas. I have no idea how to do it, but it's just going to get done. So I'll figure it out. There you go. YouTube's great. Oh yeah. YouTube is great. Um, YouTube's a great uh, resource for writing jokes too, because there's so many different uh, YouTube comedians that say like, you know, here's a, here's a video on how to write 10 jokes in 10 minutes. Mm. You know, we're going to learn the, the listing technique. Oh, you neat. ask yourself, what's the list? What's the listing technique? So like if you were, uh, let's just say it's three or four years ago and you know, Malcolm Young from ACDC dies. Mm. He had, de- he had dementia when he dies or died. Well, let's take what we know about ACDC. Like ACDC is easy to play on guitar. Um, Malcolm had dementia. Uh, we could say, how funny it is it that one of the guys that wrote some of the easiest guitar riffs of all time forgot how to play them. That's oh, yeah. the listing. That's the listing technique. Yeah. But it's like, you know, and you can take as you can take song titles from ACDC. Like, I wonder if they put him in black in the funeral. I wonder if he was back in black. Like yeah. you just you take as many things as you know about the yeah. topic yeah. and you write them down and you just try to make connections with the list. And that's how you get a lot of one-liners. It's how you get a lot of Facebook tweets and quotes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of another one that I wrote recently. Um, oh, when Trump's son caught COVID, I was like, I'd like to think it was from that, from like the second hug he ever got in his life from his dad yeah. or something yeah. like that. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> from handing him his coffee and keeping walking. Like, oh God. Oh yeah, probably. It was, it was a, probably the briefest of high fives. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's what that and that's what uh, COVID has basically been is just every day there's like at least ten things that you can write jokes about, like when the Capitol Hill building got stormed. Oh yeah, that was insane. Yeah. Uh, when we, you know, the masks on, masks off, masks on, masks off. That whole thing's been crazy. Like it's there's there's no shortage of what you can't write about right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's honestly just up to any any comedian to sit down and put pen to paper and to write mm-hmm. jokes. That's exciting. It's funny when you're talking about YouTube, like also being like a how to for you. I was thinking more about that. You meant like there's so many people doing such dumb shit on YouTube that you have like endless videos of like, oh, my gosh, that's good. I'm going to make a joke about that. Oh, yeah. No, like I've done that before. Like I've got a joke about I was watching footage of the Paralympic Games online and I watched a guy with no arms win the gold medal in archery. Mm. And so like, I'm watching that. And so like the joke uh, is about like my own depression and about, and about how like um, I should be really inspired by this guy, but I just feel really bad because like I pee on the toilet seat every day and (laughs) this guy's getting gold medals with no arms. But then the joke goes full circle because the referee goes to give the guy the gold medal and then he goes to shake his hand. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the joke is like, even on my, even on my worst day, I can remember the guy with no arms has no arms. Yeah. Like that's, that's rule number one. Yeah. Like, but, that's so funny. And that's something that I just saw online and I just kind of change it in person in the joke and say I was yeah. watching it on TV. Yeah. Yeah. But that's so cool. And I still I still can't believe that guy did that. Holy shit. <laughs> People are doing amazing things. It's it's honestly mind blowing. Mm-hmm. And like at a younger age, too, like there are some seriously impressive young people. It's really 
cool oh, that now like you can be aware how, of it when i find out people that have a netflix special and they're like mm-hmm. 20, like Taylor Tomlinson, a great example. Taylor Tomlinson, I believe is 25 or 26 right now, has a Netflix oh special. Very, very funny. Very, very funny lady. Makes me feel so unaccomplished because I started comedy at 25. Oh, yeah. yeah well, I mean, so, I wonder how long she's been doing it. Oh, she looks like somebody that was doing it at 17 and like was asking really nicely to get into clubs at, at 19, 20. Oh, yeah. Before she'd even turn 21. Yeah, no, it really shows. She's really polished. That's cool. So then give yourself some grace, right? You've got time. When you see somebody on stage that is really polished, you don't think to yourself, oh, they're just lucky. Like that's Mm -hmm. what a shitty person does is they don't account in all the hard work that goes in. Uh, And that's why on the few occasions that somebody has been upset with something I said on stage and I've had to explain to them that I'm just joking and that I actually worked really hard on that joke. I always use the metaphor of, well, how long did it get you to, get ready tonight, like 10, 20 minutes. Okay. That's cool. I would never insult your appearance, but you're insulting my material. And it took me six months to work on that joke. Yeah. Yeah. So actually I'm going to leave here crying. Thanks. I I mean, you're a mom. So I, I, you're, I mean, you don't have to like the joke or not, but I had a joke about if I was ever to be like, I I don't respect school zones because I believe that kids should be taught. Like I was a young kid. We didn't have those school zones. It was just taught that you, you look up for cars. Yeah. You know, so it's so funny. I have ro- said the same joke many times. I, I have said that exact exactly. line. Yeah. And then I lure people in and I'm just like, so I always speed right through. And if I hit a kid, I'm a murderer, but I'm not going to be the worst thing ever, which would be, uh, which would be somebody that would turn a kid into a vegetable. And I have, I had to stop <laughs> telling that joke, not only because I think it's a weak sauce joke. I didn't, I don't like the way it rolls off my tongue anymore, but yeah. people would finish my joke for me. I had people yell out a vegetable twice and i was like it's not happening a third time if somebody can finish my joke before i get to the idea it's either not written correctly or Mm. it's not a good enough joke yeah but one one time i had a lady get really upset about that joke and Mm. i was like you know i'm joking though right like i'm joking it's a joke i just i said it to upset you into laughing not upset you into being upset yeah yeah that's hard do you find that that's like a thin line to walk or do you find that people people can pretty well detach from kind of borderline inappropriate, but like timely jokes like that. I find it's all about delivery. Mm. 90% of the time, if somebody has a problem with a joke, it's because you didn't cover all of your bases. Mm. Um, I find it's always good to argue counterpoint. Like what would somebody have to say in opposition to this? I have to cover that base. Uh, Um, That makes sense. You know what I mean? It's, it's like any opinion. You should be able to argue both sides. Yeah. And, and like any good comedian, like Bill Burr is a great example. Bill Burr will draw a line in the sand with an opinion. Like he has a joke that says people say it's never okay to hit a woman. Can we all agree that like people say that? And then that's the statement that he says. And then he says, okay, but what if she killed your kids? Yeah. And then people start to go like two or three people cross the line and go, okay, that's, that is one example. Like yeah. she killed, she killed your kids. And then by the time he's done the bit, at least, at least 60% of people are over the line and they're, <laughs> yeah. and they're looking at the line going, I didn't even know I was on this side. Yeah. And that's, that's a really, really good comedian. That's so funny. What a good point. Like I can't, visualize I can't that do way. that yet. No. I can't do that yet. I get no, no, yeah. not even close. I'm honestly, at I, least you're aware want, of it. Yeah, no, 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 no. There are tons of bits that I have in my head 
that I say that's going to be like seven minutes. I don't, I don't have, I don't have it yet. Mm. I'm, I'm going to keep that one in the notebook. I'm going to keep that one. I'm going to put it, I'm going to keep it under my hat, but I'm not going to touch that one because I don't, people will not like it. People will not respond to it because I am not good enough to, it's like, it was like, it would be like if a nine-year-old picked up a gun, mm. they, they don't have the strength to pull the trigger. And if the trigger went off, it, the gun would go flying. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody would get hurt. Right. So it's just not, it's not a good idea. But that comes also from me not writing enough. If I had tried with the joke more, uh, too too many times I go, I'm not even going to write it because I don't think I can do it. I need to focus ideas more into tangible into tangible things mm-hmm. and use real world examples to make it real. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm really I'm really not trying to sound like too pretentious or anything because yeah. I'm still somebody that. Yeah. Cause like at the end of the day, I, I don't think I'm that great of a comedian. I'm, I don't think you can call yourself a great comedian. Some people have to tell you that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you have, you have to walk around with them and it sucks because I, I, I struggle with imposter syndrome because I've had shows go really well and I've had shows go really poorly. Mm. And you think to yourself, well, which ones were the anomalies? The ones yeah. that went well or the ones that didn't go well. Yeah. Right. And every comedian kind of struggles with that to a certain degree, because as much as I'd hate to uh, agree with it, but mental illness is very prevalent with stand-up comedians. Hmm. There's something about stand-up comedy, about the constant approval abuse cycle mm-hmm. that either attracts mental illness or eventually has it come out. Yeah. Because uh, it's really weird to want the attention of strangers for no reason. True. Yeah. It is. It's mm-hmm. you, you can say it or not, but like I meet somebody random. I want their laughter. I yeah. want it. I want to hold it. I want it in my pocket. I want to walk away with it. Do you think that it's just the laughter or do you think that you want them to like you? I do think it comes down to being liked, but at the same time, I could have somebody be like, oh, fuck him. I don't like him, but he's funny, which oh, has yeah. happened before in my life. OK, so you're like, yeah, that's like, all oh, I need. he's funny, but I don't like him. Yeah, no, it's all you're I need. Like, thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kevin Smith is uh, directs movies, uh, Jay and Silent Bob, that okay. and the like. But he does these long Q and A's called "An Evening with Kevin Smiths." And in one of them, he said, "I think the reason why I'm funny is because I grew up fat." Oh and yeah. Go on, and he goes on to say, like, people will will try to like look for an excuse not to like you, like, oh, you know, you're fat, or oh, you're too this, or you're too that. I always grew up short. So people always kind of dug at me for being short. So I thought that maybe if I was funny enough, it would never matter what height I was. Mm. Cause like Danny DeVito is really short and funny. Yeah. Like and Michael bald. J. Fox is really short and funny. Like who really cares? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Danny DeVito's bald as fuck. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think that funny comes from needing to compensate for anything Yeah. because funny is intangible. It's you yeah. can be anything and still be funny. Like, True. One of my favorite comedians when I was nine years old was Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle was a 25-year-old black dude. What do I have in common with a 25-year-old yeah. black guy I've never met in my life, right? Yeah. Nothing, but we speak the same language, which is yeah. funny. He yeah. speaks it on a much higher language, but I can go and I can follow along. You can try. Well, that's awesome. I know that you have to get ready for work and such, so we should wrap this up. I think it's so funny that we got your instagram name and facebook whatever and then talked for another like 15 minutes <laughs> i'll oh, just no, have to cool, like i'll it, just have it to can always be edited it. around yeah 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 
It's good. That's what I love about it. It's like we say so many cool things that maybe like just pieces of the context need to be changed, right? Or like starting the thing all over again. Mm-hmm. Like if you have to say something from stumbling, like I do all the time, I'm just like, mm, that first part's gone. Look at me. I just spoke straight out clear. Well, and that's honestly, that's how jokes happen too. Like when, when a comedian says this joke about my ex-girlfriend and then it goes on for five minutes, I guarantee you that wasn't all about one ex-girlfriend. Oh yeah. It, it was an amalgamation of oh, yeah. five different fights with hmm. three different girls. Yeah. And th- that's not how the story went down. It was mentally yeah. edited after yeah. the fact to make everything funny. So are you calling me like funny or what do you say? No, I'm saying you're operating exactly like a stand-up comedian. You're going <laughs> to edit it and you're going to make it the best podcast possible because that's the way it'll come off the best and be received the best. Yeah, I'm excited. So it should be coming out next month. Hopefully, if everything goes in order, um, they're going to be coming out every week. So stay tuned. All right. I'm excited. All right. Well, have a good day. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, you too. Have a good one. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye, Emily. Bye. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I hope you learned something new. Hit follow or subscribe to get my weekly episode and add me online. It's Let's Get Passionate on both Facebook and Instagram. Have a beautiful day.